Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Ryan Clayton Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining. This is uh, the post-Indiana Trail 100 race report edition of the podcast. And uh, pretty soon here, in just a minute, I'm going to be playing the audio from the live stream from last night. Uh, and uh, I'm doing that instead of just recording a completely solo uh, podcast edition because I I did, uh, I do feel like I did a pretty good um, job of summarizing how the race went last night. It was pretty, uh, a lot of really good questions uh, from a lot of the viewers. We had a record number of people attending and watching live. It was pretty awesome. Uh, so if you missed it, uh, the video version of this is going to be available on my YouTube channel uh, forever. But uh, yeah, just a really quick uh, summary before we jump into it. Uh, just so you guys know, if you don't follow me on YouTube, Instagram, or uh, anything like that, um, the uh, Indiana Trail 100 was just a couple days ago, October 9th, and uh, I did not finish. I had to stop at mile 50 and honestly probably should have stopped way earlier. Uh, at mile 14-ish, uh, I took a fall, was going downhill. It had rained all day the day before and uh, through the night, uh, so the course was really muddy. Um, and that wasn't a huge problem. Uh, in fact, it wasn't a problem for every single other step I took. Uh, my Garmin said I took somewhere around like 93,000 steps in 50 miles, and I only fell one time. So one step out of 93,000 steps uh, were bad. Uh, I just misplaced it. There was some slick mud, and my foot slid out from under me and, you know, landed in a very unlucky way on my knee uh, and kind of slid off the trail a little bit um, and really quick, popped back up, kept running. Um, I was actually running um, with uh, a guy named Aaron that is a viewer of the channel that I met during the race, and we were having a really good time. And he even said that he thought nothing happened. He thought I, you know, fell, bounced back up, and, you know, nothing went wrong. And I was trying in the moment, I was trying to deny uh, anything uh, going wrong as well. So I was trying to keep negative thoughts away uh, and just kept going. Ended up finishing the first lap in four hours and 30 minutes, four hours and 38 minutes, actually, uh, and knew at that point that there was something going wrong with my knee and that this was going to, either it was going to clear up soon, it was going to loosen up, because uh, a lot of times during 100 milers, like, things go wrong and they just loosen up. Even things that have been injured for a while, like I've had an experience before where I had plantar fasciitis for, like, two years, and then I did a 100 miler, and by the end of it, the plantar fasciitis was gone. <laughs> I cannot explain it. Uh, so there's there's times when things like these do clear up during a race. And so at the end of that first lap, uh, it was hurting, but I decided to give it, just keep going. I was And I was going to take it at aid station at a time. Ended up making it a full another loop, another 25 miles, but that loop took me uh, eight and a half hours. So almost double the time of the first loop. And I was pretty much... Uh, I had to resort to walking most of that loop, uh, which was very, very frustrating. Uh, just, yeah, it was so I was sad, mad, angry, everything. Um, and, uh, yeah, so then there was probably a couple aid stations on that loop that I should have uh, decided to uh, decide to withdraw, but kept going and just wanted to wanted to get back to the start finish uh and see my crew and family again uh and make the decision there at the halfway point uh if the decision was to be made and so a few miles out from the halfway point it was still I was just walking there was there was actually three times during that loop where I had to stop because there was shooting pain going through my knee and I couldn't even put weight on it um so yeah, that's that's the just real quick summary of how it all went down. Uh, very disappointed. Uh, just there's a lot of there's a lot of thoughts of all this training. Uh, you know, I know it's not wasted. I know that training builds year to year. That's what I told all my athletes for years. Uh, that's what I do believe. Uh, but it's just sad when you put so much work into something and then can't um, or don't see it uh, come 
you know, uh, to completion. So that's where we're at right now. Uh, there's also the other side of it is there is, I, there's a lot of peace, honestly, because I do know that given the circumstances, given that fall, given whatever happened to my knee, um, I did, um, give it everything I could to work itself out. I gave it every opportunity, every chance. I gave, I probably gave it too much time, <laughs> too many extra miles because 35 miles on a messed up knee, uh, is probably not smart, <laughs> but I do feel like I gave it everything, every single chance possible to loosen up and come back around and just never did. So that's where we are. I don't know if there's anything really wrong with it. I've it's only three days, four days after the race, uh, and there is still some pain, um, like sitting up and standing, uh, standing up and sitting down, uh, like kind of when it's kind of in that ninety degree area uh, of flex. Uh, there's a little bit of pain when there's like weight on it. So, just gonna give it a few more days. Definitely not gonna try running for a while, uh, and. We're going to see what happens. Um, you know, hopefully within a week or so, it just clears up because hopefully it was just um, some sort of impact and some sort of, you know, just like local trauma that happened to one of the tendons or something like that, that is just going to, you know, clear up after a few days. Hopefully it's nothing serious. It's going to take weeks or longer than that. Um, but that's where we are right now. Uh, again, this is the live stream that was recorded last night. So I'm going to jump in a little bit into it because there was a lot of shout outs at the beginning. Uh, so I'm going to kind of jump into it when we start, uh, asking when there's some questions and, uh, I start giving the summary of the race. Uh, so with that, thank you guys so much for joining, uh, on this podcast edition of, uh, the Tuesday night live and I, uh, yeah, we'll be back soon. Uh, I'm going to keep doing these. Obviously, uh, hopefully I can bounce back quick and we can jump into another race here soon. But with all that said, let's jump into the Tuesday Night Live from last night. So cool. Like it was so, like it was so, it was so humbling, uh, to just be in this spot for most, most of the run. Uh, and like I said, I'll explain how it all went, but just being like, being like, so like, I guess like kind of like beaten up and broken down and just like so down. Uh, but then having so many people, uh, come and pass me, uh, and just be like, Oh my gosh, Ryan, what's up? Like, and just like show like genuine concern and, uh, just so much, so much gratitude for everyone, um, that watches this channel. And it's just, yeah, it's just awesome. This is a great, great community. Uh, but I want to thank uh, race directors, uh, Mike, and all the volunteers. Uh, I mean, so many people like are in charge of putting on a race like this uh, or take a part in putting on a race like this. Aid stations were amazing. All the volunteers were incredible. I mean, I had like multiple people uh, like <laughs> um, just like helping me out in ways that you would never help a stranger out on the street, like just like taking a roller to my leg or like massaging my leg, like trying to feel out what's going on. Um, just people offering like everything they had, like biofreeze, like, um, like pain medication, like ibuprofen, Advil, Tylenol, um, even more powerful stuff than that. Uh, and, uh, just like, uh, gels, drinks, anything like it was just like, people were just so, like so generous and caring in this race. I mean, the community is amazing. Uh, so I just wanted to say that right off the top before I got going on anything. Uh, but yeah, a couple, couple, uh, more shout outs. Uh, Joseph is here. Sorry about the fall run. Incredibly inspiring to see how far you still managed to go injured. Feel better soon. Thank you. Um, Isaac Rubenstein says, what have you done or not done to take care of your body and mind and heart post race? That's a good question. So, I guess I can answer that, uh, real quick. Um, just recently, like the last, so like Sunday, I didn't really do much. Um, cause it was kind of like a, uh, just kind of woke up, ate breakfast, traveled back, spent time with the family, stuff like that. Um, but, uh, I did Sunday get in, uh, one stretching session because if this is something like with an IT band situation, like I want to make sure that I'm really starting to stretch, uh, early on. 
and then Monday and then today I've done three like stretching sessions, uh, just trying to get all the blood flowing, uh, just trying to get all the lactic acid flushed out. I've done my uh, speed hound, uh, what do you call them, compression boots. Uh, I've done those multiple times since I've been back. Um, CBD, um, just like general, um, trying to sleep more, stuff like that. So that's what I've been trying to do recovery-wise. Um, on the mental side of it, it's been it's been a really, like, weird journey. Um, and just kind of, like, just kind of, like, accepting the loss has been really hard. Um, but, yeah. Um, there is a side of it, though. I'll explain more about this later. But where, like, I, I, know, I know that the decision I made in the end was right. And I'm at peace with it. So that's why I'm like, I can be happy and talk about, I can be happy right now and talk about this stuff because I am at peace with the decision I made um, to end my race at 50 miles. I guess I should just say that too. So like um, the first, uh, like the race started at 6 a.m. at mile 14 somewhere. I was trying to look at it on training peaks and figure out exactly where I fell, um, but I hopped up so fast that I don't even think like the GPS really recorded it as a stop. I mean, maybe it's in there kind of as a little tiny dip, um, but there's kind of so many of those when you're like in the woods, like the GPS does kind of like stop every once in a while and like the pace will go down to like, you know, 20 minutes per mile and then back up. So I was trying to figure out exactly where it was. Um, and couldn't, but it was somewhere around mile 14, um, going down a hill and turning to the left, um, and, uh, just misjudged this mud that was there. Cause it was so muddy. It had rained all day the day before it really rained every day leading up to the race that week. Uh, and then the day before we got extra rain, uh, throughout the day. And then at night, like I'm sitting in my hotel and recording, <laughs> And like, you'll see in the video, like, it's like pouring outside as I'm like about to go to bed at like eight o'clock and I'm like filming some talking stuff to the camera and I'm just like, this is going to be a muddy, muddy day. And it turned out that it was pretty muddy. Um, but yeah, I just, it was, it was my mistake. I misjudged, took a turn a little bit too fast as I was going downhill and my left foot just like completely went out from under me. I landed pretty hard on my knee, uh, and slid kind of sideways a little bit. Um, but caught myself and then bounced back up and kept going. Um, and it was just like, yeah, I mean, it happened, uh, so fast. Uh, and I, I was, I really denied it for a long time because I knew that something happened. I knew that I hit my knee really hard uh, on something. I don't know if it was just mud or if it was a root or a rock or anything. I don't think it was anything. Uh, I don't think it was a root or rock because I think I would have like maybe been bleeding or something. But I just hit it in a way that it triggered something. And over the course of trying to take uh, like uh, probably like 90,000 more steps or something like that, uh, it just, it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And, but yeah, like in the moment, it didn't really feel like much. It was just like, oh, that hurt. Like I banged my knee. Uh, and then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, so finished the first lap and I told, told my crew, well, actually I told them like minutes later, uh, at the rally camp aid station at mile 16 that I fell and hit my knee. Uh, and then kind of just kept uh kept uh updating them but also uh was very much trying to deny that anything was wrong with it as well um because there's there's a lot of there's a lot of truth to um when you like speak something it sort of starts to become your reality and so like for me like I was like I'm not I'm not going to think the thoughts that this is an injury. I'm not going to say anything that this is an injury. Like I'm good. I'm going. Um, but then at like mile, so I can't, so the first lap was like, okay, finished the first lap in like four and a half hours. 
I actually bring this up on bring this up on the screen real quick, just so I can kind of uh, just show you guys um, who are watching on the YouTube live stream or replay. So here's a map of the course, pretty cool. Um, but if I go go over here. And I highlight the first loop, four hours and 38 minutes uh, for the first loop. And the second loop was eight hours and 22 minutes. So you can see right there that like there was, there was obviously something wrong. Um, but yeah, I came in that first loop, four hours and 38 minutes, like pretty much right where I thought I was going to be. Like I thought I said in the previous live stream and videos leading up to it that like I could probably be somewhere in between 430, 445, um, but even if it's close to five hours, I'm going to be okay with that. If it was much quicker than 4.30, like I would be, I would be a little bit concerned that I was running a little bit too fast. So right in there, 4.38, exact time I wanted to come in for that first loop. Uh, switched socks, uh, but that was it because uh, the, my socks were uh, just, I could already tell that like a sock change every lap was going to be a good thing just because of how wet it was out there. So change socks. I think I spent eight minutes at the, uh, uh, the end of the first lap, got out on the second lap and pretty early on during that second lap, um, I started getting these kind of like shooting pains in my knee and, uh, it was on the out, it's on the outside of my knee, like right where I landed. And so that was like the confusing thing. I couldn't really diagnose myself in the moment because like now, now what I'm feeling now feels much more like, um, my IT band is aggravated. But in the moment I was like, just thinking I landed on this and like, I'm getting shooting pains. Like something's like, something's really wrong. Um, and so, yeah, I started during that second lap. Uh, there was, uh, I just started getting really, really slow because I couldn't run more than 50 yards without it, um, starting to cause pain. And so I'm like, okay, like keep walking, just like walk it off. Like, this is going to go away. This is not, this is nothing. Like, it's just, I just banged my knee. I need to keep the blood flowing. I need to keep moving. Um, but then there was, there was, a one time where, uh, probably like somewhere around mile, like 28, where I stopped for a second, uh, to pull some gels out of my uh, pocket and like I was like refilling uh, my bottle and all of a sudden my knee just like completely like seized up uh, like it was and I couldn't put weight on it and I'm like standing there leaning against a tree and I was like okay this is really 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 bad <laughs> um, and it lasted like that for probably like a minute or two where I couldn't even put weight on it and I just was standing there in the woods uh, really actually concerned because I had never, I don't think I had ever felt anything like that with my knees in the past. Um, and, um, you know, I'm like almost like 30 miles into this race and thinking, okay, like I've got a third of it done. Like, let's just get this over with. Like, let's just go, let's go, let's, let's move on. Like the pain, like just need to get rid of it. Let's go. Uh, and then it did kind of loosen up after that. But then two more times that happened to me where my knee just completely seized up and I couldn't, I couldn't even really bend it. I couldn't put weight on it. It was just like so much pain just shooting through my knee. And it was mostly like localized on the outside of my knee, uh, like exactly where I landed. Um, so long story short, the last lap, uh, got, like really, really slow. And I was walking a lot of it and I was sat down on the trail numerous times because of, because of the pain, just cause I couldn't move. And, uh, it just got, yeah. So like that last lap, the second lap was eight, eight and a half hours when, uh, it definitely should have been more like four forty-five or five at the slowest. Um, from what I'm, from the training that I came into this with, like I should have hit, I should have hit 50 miles right around nine hours, maybe like nine or like nine and a half hours. I should have been somewhere in between nine and a half and 10 hours. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah, 
Uh, so let's take a couple more like questions real quick and then I'll keep telling the story. Uh, Stephen McNeil's here. Hey, from Midland, Texas. What's up? Uh, Stephen Barber's here from North Carolina. Wishing you a speedy recovery. Thank you so much. Uh, Stephen says there's two types of runners, those who have DNF'd and those who have never run an ultra. <laughs> I guess like, I guess th- as you get into it, the more and more you get into it, you'll eventually probably come across a DNF. <laughs> um... Yeah, Zach Fairchild says, uh, props to you for putting yourself out there and getting after it. The trails can be brutal. Redemption will be sweet. Yeah, that was also another hard thing, just, like, knowing that, like, I had put myself out there and that this was falling apart. Uh, Let's see. Adam Anderson, first time catching this live. Cedar Hill, what's up? Alex Williams says, Beckley, West Virginia in the house. Keep your head up, brother. Remember, God is good. You're still blessed. Thank you so much. Justin Turnbow's here checking in from Tulsa. Thank you for letting us be a part of the ups and downs. How's your nutrition? Good question. Uh, nutrition was great. Um, I had literally zero problems with nutrition, which is like, I don't know if we have a, do we have an applause? I think it, yes, that worked. Uh, yes. So nutrition um, was like awesome. So as I explained in my previous videos, like going into it, um, I wanted to use a drink mix, uh, a mixture of Yukan and Tailwind um, because I, I'd i been training with Yukan for months and then I knew Tailwind was going to be on the course. So I wanted to kind of add that in a little bit uh, and get uh, just also, also the two different types of um, sugar uh, was, or the two different types of carbs, I should say, uh, was because there's no sugar and you can, uh, but the two different types of carbs, uh, like the you can being like a real slow absorption tailwind being a much quicker absorption. And then I was using gels. I was using strictly Morton gels, uh, and they're amazing. Like they're incredible. So I really did really well sticking with, um, about a bottle an hour, uh, and about a gel an hour until it got to the very end. Like the last like maybe three hours where I knew I knew that the writing was on the wall and like things were not looking good. Um, I wasn't I don't think I took a gel in maybe the last two hours uh, because I just knew it was I knew it was over. And at that point, um, it was just like I'm walking this in basically. Um, But really, really well. Uh, My stomach never had a single issue, never had an issue with. Uh, my palate, like the taste, uh, it was just, it was great. So I do think though that there was an opportunity probably to drink more water uh, because it was kind of like deceivingly hot uh, when it, because it did start raining again in the morning. Um, but then as soon as the rain stopped, it got really humid and then did get hot. I don't know the exact temperature it got up to, but it was predicted to get up to like 79 or something. So I assume it was like somewhere around there and it was humid. Um, the sun did come out for a lot of the day, but, uh, yeah, it was just kind of like deceivingly hot. So I think I probably could have drank more water. I did carry a, one of those collapsible cups on me at all times. And I only used it one time, which I should have been using it at every aid station. I should have, uh, had them fill up my bottle and the cup and then like chug the cup and then put the top on the bottle and go. Um, so I probably should have done that. Um, but other than that, nutrition and hydration was like on point. Like it worked really, really well. Uh, Joanna says, Hey Ryan, I'm Joanna. Saw you on the trail. Oh, awesome. That's so cool. Uh, well, welcome, welcome to the live show. Thank you. Uh, Sean says, keep on keeping on. Thanks. Ultra dad said, what's up, man? Happy to be there. Really had a good time. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dan. Uh, if you guys don't know, uh, Dan, the ultra dad has a YouTube channel. Go check him out. Um, but he did come and he was supposed to pace me from mile 50 to 75. And, uh, he didn't get to have any fun out there, uh, because I wasn't able to continue. Uh, but he was there and he was, uh, lots of encouragement when I got back in, um, just totally understood what was going on. So yeah, thanks man for showing up and coming out. Uh, 
Yeah. Joe Ely's here. How's it going? Good evening, Ryan. Uh, you've got lots of folks supporting you. Thank you so much, Joe. Chase Summit says, we were out there at the same time on different courses in different states, but it feels the same. <laughs> Sorry your race didn't go as planned, but I'm sure you learned a lot about yourself. Keep pressing. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I actually just watched your video this evening that you posted. So thanks for putting that out there. Uh, yeah, we'll get them next time. Um, Matt's Midwest team says, glad you're doing okay. I think we may have fallen at the same place. I pushed through 25, but just couldn't go any further with a bruised up knee. Oh my gosh, everyone. I know my friend Shad also fell right around mile 14. He said he thought it was, and he had to drop because of his knee too. Uh, can't wait to get redemption next year. Yeah, that's crazy. I wonder, I would really love to know because I also do remember when I fell, there were other skid marks there too. And I was probably like, I wasn't like, I was maybe through mile 14. I was probably somewhere in like the top 25. Uh, we were cruising like really well, maybe top 30, something like that. So, and there were already skid marks on that turn. Uh, and I can't imagine how many other people fell uh, throughout the first lap. And then the second lap, uh, the sun had kind of come out. And at that point, um, I was really looking for it to see if I could find it again. But I couldn't remember the exact turn. Um, and I probably just like went through it without noticing. Uh, but yeah. Oh, so as far as uh, execution of the race, it was really fun. Like um, at the start line, um, like me and Shad and John just kind of like got up there with the front. Uh, and it was kind of like, it was kind of like fun, like being out there and being like, all right, let's go, let's go get this. Uh, and then the race started and we all took off, uh, like pretty quick. Uh, it was like, it was a very manageable pace though. Like the front group, there was maybe four or five guys that went out, um, like, and their headlamps disappeared within a few minutes. John was one of them. He was gone within like five minutes. <laughs> Um, but, uh, there was a, a group of maybe 12 of us, 15 of us, uh, that stayed really tight for like, probably like five or six miles. So like 45 minutes or so. Uh, and we were running like nine minute pace, nine fifteen uh, through those first five miles. And it just felt so good. We were flowing. Like it was like, it was one of those situations where you're just like in this train and, also, these trails at the uh, Indiana Trail 100, most of the trails, some of them are single track, but a lot of them are like kind of double wide. And so you can very easily run uh, next to someone. Uh, and that's kind of how the first few miles are set up. So we were basically, it was like f maybe 15 of us, and we were just like one right next to each other and just like, kind of like two single file lines. And so it just felt like we were just flowing. Like it was just like, it was so peaceful. It was so like, it was just a beautiful thing, honestly. And it was, I've, I've experienced that a few times in races, but this, that was one of my favorite, um, like running memories. And that'll go down. Like, unless I ever, <laughs> unless I ever get like really good at this, which is, yeah, who knows. But like, uh, that, that was one of those times where it was like, it just felt so good to run. We were running fast. We were running in this group and it was just like, like we were flowing, like no one was bumping into each other. No one was stepping on each other's toes. Like everyone knew the assignment. Like we were just going like it. I mean, it was great. So that was really fun. Uh, and then at about mile five or six, it started to break up. Um, and the first aid station was mile seven and that did break everyone up a little bit more. Um, let's see, uh, mango runner was there too. He got sub 24, like sub 22, actually, I think Uh great meeting you at the race. Wish you a speedy recovery. Thank you so much. It was great meeting you. Uh, I know you are kind of like out towards the East coast, but that'd be fun to uh, meet up at another race sometime. Uh, Chris Rhodes says, Hey Ryan, San Antonio here. Sorry about your knee, but got to tell you, uh, your great attitude is better than any buckle in my view. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> that means a lot. And yeah, like I said, so like we can kind of talk about like the mental side of this a little bit. Um, this has been like, I'll be honest, uh, Sunday, 
so like Saturday night, I was in like this, like I finished, I finished my race, uh, before the sun went down. So I was kind of, I mean, you know, like I didn't have to run at night, <laughs> just like whatever. I think that's kind of fun, but didn't have to run at night. So got back to the hotel, got some food and I was like, I was really, I was down, but I was also content because I knew that like with the cards I was dealt, I did what I could. And I was proud that I made it to mile 50. I probably should have dropped out, uh, at 25. Like looking back on it, I, I just, I was just denying it though. Like I was like straight up, like I was telling myself and telling everyone else that I was fine. Um, and I think, um, I was running with, oh, Aaron is here. Uh, says I was really bummed to find out what happened, uh, especially when, uh, you're right on pace of the first loop. Uh, so you fall. Yeah. I was actually running with Aaron when I fell. Like many falls I've seen, bounce back up quick. I didn't think much of it till later miles when you mentioned it, it might be bothering. You. Yeah. And so exactly. I was just going to say that, that. I was running with Aaron uh, when I fell and immediately I'm like, I'm fine, totally fine, nothing's wrong. And then we kept running together for a while after that um, and was just really, really, um, you know, just trying to, trying to keep it uh, like a small problem. Uh, because when you start talking about stuff, then you start believing it and then you start convincing yourself that there's a reason to stop and... It becomes like I've been in those situations before in hundreds where you are, and this is a really good lesson for a lot of people, I think, is that when you are running a race that is already so hard uh, without anything going wrong, that if you start, if you start giving yourself reasons to stop, they're just going to start compounding. And they're going to start like, they're going to start piling up and it's going to become heavier and heavier on your mind. And then you're just not going to be able to deny it. And I've been in that situation before where I've started to like complain about something or I was around someone who was maybe complaining uh, and had to like get away from them on the trail. Um, Matt and I have run with numerous people uh, like during, because we've actually ended up like kind of by accident, but then on purpose later uh, running a lot of these hundred milers together and we'll get around people that are just like getting like super negative, like complaining. And like, like there was this one time where we were out at, um, Mohican 100 and this, uh, person on the trail was like, why are you running? Like we'd missed the cutoff and we we're like, what really? And then like, so we stopped running for a minute to talk to her and then we were like, there's no way, like, there's like, we're looking at our clocks. We're like, there's no way we missed the cutoff. But like, it could have been very easy in that moment to like, cause it was already hard. Like we were suffering to give yourself a reason to drop out. And so that's the kind of the lesson I would say is like, don't like, don't create things in your own mind that are going to start growing that give yourself a reason to stop because it's already so hard to keep going. You don't need those things. And so that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to do one of those things where it's like, don't speak it, don't say it, don't think it, just deny it. Uh, and it like it, it got me out on the second loop. I'll say that. Uh, and then, um, but I also knew I was like, I'm leaving for the second loop and I'm like, okay, if this doesn't clear up and I can't like start running my race again. Because uh, I was like, at that point, you know, coming on the first loop, four hours and 38 minutes, I'm like, oh, like maybe sub 20 is in the cards, you know, like who knows, like maybe I'll keep this pace up for a while. Uh, but then like I got out there a little bit and I'm like, okay, like I'm just going to take it easy for an hour or so. I'm just going to see how this goes. Even if this takes two or three hours to loosen up, I'm still in that 24 hour range. And that's my goal. Um, but it just never did. So, uh, yeah, Aaron, thanks for spending time with me on the trail. Shad's here. What's up, Shad? Uh, Shad, also the attack of Weber Lake. Same area got us both, uh, brother onward. Yeah, Shad, I think, I wonder if there's, we got to go out and like name that corner, uh, that turn, <laughs> like put a warning sign out there. 
yeah. Got us both. Uh, Vicious Triplets uh, says, Ryan, awesome work and great decisions. You have a great base of fitness. So who knows what's on your plate next? Yeah. Really, like, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I, all day today, and really yesterday, so back to the mental side of it, yesterday I started to get really down. And I was like, I just felt, like I felt robbed, honestly. Um, because, and I know that I should, I'm just being honest. Like I know that that's not the right thing to think, but it ha- it was what I was thinking. So I'm just telling you guys. Uh, I felt robbed. Uh, I felt like this shouldn't have happened to me. You know, woe is me. Like this is, I got a bad deal. Like I need to get back out there. Like I wanted to redo like so bad. Um, like yesterday I was like, I just want to drive up to Channel Lakes and just do it myself like today. Uh, but it was just like, obviously that's never, like that would not happen. Um, and my knee is actually, so like today it's still not right. Um, I can feel it when I'm sitting and then stand up real quick. Uh, I can feel like there's, there's something wrong there. Uh, but uh, I haven't really tested it at all. I've just been doing a lot of stretching, uh, just trying to make sure that I am lengthening the chain everywhere else so that whatever's going on in my knee has plenty of slack, I guess you could say. Plenty of, uh, like, there's no tension on it. Like, it's just really loose. Just trying to heal it up, keep the blood flowing. Um, so, yeah. Um But yeah, I was just like, as far as like what's next, I don't know. Like I, like if my, if I went out for a run tomorrow and my knee was perfect, I would be like, let's do it. Like get on the waiting list for Tunnel Hill. uh, Cause that's coming up in a couple, three weeks, three and a half weeks or something. Uh, Or, you know, like maybe jump in, jump in a 50 miler the next couple weeks or something. But um, I don't know. Like it's, it's just, I don't, I don't foresee that happening. Like, I think this is going to take, I think this is going to take at least a week, maybe a couple weeks to like, just take some, just actually take some downtime. Um, and just kind of say, you know what? Like just take some downtime. Don't push it because if I do push it, and I start running again here in the next week or two, uh, and it's it really hasn't healed, like, it could be a problem later. Like, it could, if this is something, like, related to an IT band or something, I don't want this lasting all next year, too. Like, that's just, yeah, I gotta be, I gotta be really, really mature about this and just, just let it rest. Uh um, Joanna says, uh, it broke my heart to see you sit on the trail. I just wanted to help video guy. Yeah. Uh, but I could just tell it was more than just feeling discouraged. Yeah. And, uh, you guys really did help me cause you were like, just get up and start walking with us. And I was sitting on this little, I wasn't even sitting on a bench or anything. It was a, it was like a bridge that they built over a place that like floods, like, a little dip in the trail that floods a lot. And, you know, on the side of the trail, they'll put like some wood planks out. I was sitting on one of those, uh, and Joanna, uh, and someone else, I don't know. I can't remember the, um, the guy's name that, uh, was running with you, but, um, you were just like, come on, let's go. Like, stand up, let's go. Let's just walk with us for a while. And that's what I needed because I just like, I needed in that moment, I had no, I had no, internal motivation. I mean, it would have come maybe a few minutes later, I would have finally gotten up, but I was just like, this hurts. I'm sitting. So thank you, Joanne for Joanna for uh, making me get up. That was great. Oh my gosh, Aaron, I just read your comment from a while ago. I did get my sub 24 hour buckle, but then I left on top of my car as we left the campground. No, (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so sad. I'm so sorry, Aaron. Oh man. Well, you got. I mean, 
you did it. Like you, you got sub 24 and you crushed it, man. Uh, for your first hundred, like that's, that's amazing. I'm so sorry to hear about that though. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Laura said, did John Trula finish? Yes, he did. Sub 24 again. It's like a machine. Um, so, all right. Um, let's see. What else did I want to, there was a couple. So I took some notes and I just called them. <laughs> this, there's an, these notes in notion called thoughts on my DNF. <laughs> uh, so I'll just go through them kind of quick. Um, don't have to spend a ton of time on these, but just, just some things like reflecting on my training and the race and the execution and how it went. Uh, and these are just in no particular order, but, um, first off the pace at the beginning, uh, was kind of hot, but it was fine. And I actually really liked that approach. I really enjoyed, um, there's, there's several different ways to start, a hundred miler that are all valid, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, in the past I've been, you know, either from its lack of confidence or maybe lack of training or, um, just lack of experience. Um, I just start in the middle or the back. Uh, and that's totally fine. Like there's, you know, that keeps the first couple miles like really, really relaxed, really easy because you really can't go that fast. Like you're in a massive group of people. But for this race, I wanted, I wanted space early. I wanted to be able to run my race from the start to the finish. Uh, and so I did go out with that front group, but I don't think it contributed negatively at all. I really think that, um, that was, that was fun. That, and it, it, it felt amazing. And so, and like I said, that was one of my favorite memories from the whole race. Um, so I'm really happy with that. Um, I did, I, I made a note that, um, more strength training, uh, would be very beneficial, uh, because I could, I could feel myself, um, after hiking 35 miles, <laughs> which is really what happened. I ran about 14, 15, and then kind of hiked. Well, no, I, I ran most of the first 25, uh, and then I probably hiked 25 miles. Uh, but I think more strength training would help because I could just feel it like, as I was, as I was doing a lot of that, um, kind of like hips, quads, um, all of that, like they were starting to, they were starting to get a little tired, um, around, you know, 35, 40 miles. So more strength training. Uh, and then another note I made was that maybe there is, uh, in my training, I chose not to do like a super long run, like a 40 or 50 miles, uh, leading up to the race, uh, because, um, I was going more for, uh, consistency day to day. And I, I kind of didn't want to do like a mini taper into a 50 miler, uh, and then recover for another week. Uh, so I wanted to, I wanted to just see what the training was going to be like if I kept it consistent built up to 80 miles a week and then held it there. Um, but I think maybe there are some benefits to doing a really long training run of maybe 40 or 50 miles, uh, for the mental side of everything to just kind of like remind you, uh, what it's like going past about 30 miles, uh, because there's a lot that changes starting around the 30-ish mile mark when you're running a 100-miler. Those first 20, like, if you've trained, like, that should be easy. Like, you should should feel super fresh when you're coming in 20, 25 miles. Like, that's the fun part. Uh, You're feeling good. Nothing hurts. Like, you're running. Like, everything's smooth. But once you get around closer to that 30, 35, 40 miles, things start to get things start to get really hard at that point. And so looking back on this, you know, maybe it would have been good to experience that, like the mental side of that, um, maybe like a month or two months before the race, just to kind of remind myself of it. Uh, next thing I said was that I need much better sleep the couple weeks leading up to the race. 
uh, eight hours a night minimum. Um, I am just like, uh, typically do not sleep very much. Um, and I mean like, like on average, probably like maybe six hours a night. Um, and I probably, I probably could have benefited from the last couple of weeks leading up to the race, getting at least eight. Um, and then, yeah, a couple other notes, uh, the belt and the handheld were great. Absolutely loved them. Uh, I wore the naked belt. That's where I put all my gels and my drink mix, uh, my GoPro. And then I put some, um, like, uh, what we call it? sports shield wipes, which is basically like a lube wipe. Um, I had my, uh, collapsible cup in there. And I also had, um, that's also where I like put trash and everything too. So the naked belt is amazing. Like that is my favorite, favorite new piece of gear this year. Uh, and then the Amphipod handheld bottle, 20 ounce. Uh, that's great too. Loved it. Uh, there were, you know, through the first 50 miles, I really didn't get tired of holding the bottle. And I think it was because I trained so much with it. Uh, there was only like one or two, times for like maybe one minute where I actually just like did tuck it in the back of my belt. Um, but then it was like, like the, the form factor of the bottle is just like, I don't know. It just feels good. Uh, and I really did not mind, um, holding it at all. Uh, nutrition I think worked really, really well. Uh, probably at 50 though, I probably would have switched to the Morton 320 uh, just to get a little bit more calories in the drink mix, uh, so that I, um, maybe didn't need as many gels moving forward. Uh, so that was, I probably would have done that at 50, but I really did enjoy the, you can tailwind Morton for the first 50. And then also the other note, I, the last note I made was probably maybe mix in a couple caffeine gels earlier, uh, maybe somewhere around the 30 mile mark because, the other weird thing that I did not expect that was going on in this race was that early on, um, when I was hiking a lot, starting around mile 30, 35, 40, especially, um, at that point I'd been going for eight, 10, 11 hours and I was starting to like kind of get sleepy and it wasn't even like late in the day. It was like three, four in the afternoon, but I think it was just because my pace had slowed so much and I was tired. Um, what's up, Justin? New super chat. Oh my gosh. Oh man. Thank you so much, Justin. Uh, that's awesome. Not today, but when you're ready, here's the next help race for you guys. Good. Thank you so much, Justin. Uh, man, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go sign up for a race tonight. I don't know. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, what was I even saying? Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, I was talking about, like, nutrition and everything, um, and then starting to get a little sleepy. Uh, so maybe, I don't know why that happened. I think it was because my pace had dropped so low and I was getting tired, um, like, just physically worn out. I was mentally probably probably stressed out kind of mentally to the max because I was, I was in a situation that I had really feared leading up to the race of dropping. Like I was in a situation where I was, you know, contemplating dropping out of a race. And so I was, I think my, I think I was pretty fried, uh, towards the end of that. But yeah. Um, Maybe mix caffeine gels in a little bit earlier. Uh, but that's all the that's all the notes I took. So a couple more questions. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, yeah, gear, more gear stuff. Aaron says, did you did you think of the Vective? Uh, was it the right shoe? Uh, I know a fall can happen to anyone for any reason regardless of shoe, but I'm sure it crossed your mind. Yeah, uh, the fall I took would have happened even if I was wearing like one-inch like cleats, I think, uh, the patch of mud that I hit, um, was just, it was super slick. It was thick. The skid mark was like three or four feet long, uh, going straight across the trail. Uh, 
Uh, so yeah, I don't think the shoes, I think I would have fallen in any shoe. I just misjudged the step. I, I, you know, you take, I looked, actually looked at my Garmin and I think it said I took, cause you know how it uh, tracks how many steps you take during an activity. It said like 96,000 steps. And one of them I put in the wrong place and I just misjudged it. It was just, Yeah. So I think any shoe would have done it. But other thoughts on the Vective, really, really liked them. Um, the uh, the midsole I thought was great. The rocker um, is nice. Um, the plate, you don't really notice the plate a whole lot. Um, I think it probably acts more like a, um, like a rock shield. Um, but, yeah, the upper, I really really like the upper uh it just really conforms to my foot really well it flexes in all the right places for me um the only thing i didn't like about the vective was the back of the heel collar like when your foot flexes when your foot when your ankle flexes uh it does create some space for rocks and debris to get in around the back of the heel collar um because the contact point is actually lower than the rim uh, of the heel collar. And so you, your heel never moves. It just, uh, kind of, uh, your Achilles kind of moves away from the back of the shoe. So I did get a couple rocks in there, uh, that actually, actually I only took my shoes off one time that was at mile 25 to switch socks. And so I did empty out. I think I had like one rock in my shoe at that point. And then I did get a rock in there in each shoe later on the second lap, but I didn't even mess with them. Like they just kind of moved around in my shoes. I was just like, whatever. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I liked them though. Uh, Aaron says, wish I could stick around life calls. I'll watch the rest later. Thanks Aaron. And thanks for running with me. Uh, that was awesome meeting up with you and getting to know you a little bit better. Uh, we ran together for quite a while. Uh, right. Uh, Jan says, uh, I watched Ryan's video to help me prepare for the first hundred. Uh, when I saw him at pack a pickup and I was like, trail video guy. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. With the finish too. 2754. Nice for this year. That was good. Uh, oh, that's another thing I want to talk about. It's like finish times. Um, like that was, uh, this was a, this was a slower year than typical, um, Typically, even when it's rainy, there's someone that's in there like 16, 17 hours. But the winner this year was like 1845. Um, so I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I know there was like some dropouts late in the race. Like the guy that was leading for the whole race dropped out at 87. I'm not sure why. Um, the rumor was that it was uh, foot related uh, with wet feet and stuff. Um which can happen to anybody. So that was just unfortunate. But uh, yeah, there was only two people that went sub 20. Um, yeah, typically it's like at least, at least the top 10. So kind of a, kind of a weird year. Uh, I think the drop rate was like 55%. So only 45% finishers. So yeah. DNF, DNF man turn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We got to watch out for that turn next year. Uh, Mike Costa says, uh, do you see yourself back in 2022? I think, I think so. Like I love this race so much. And I will say like all day today, I was just thinking about, I was actually like kind of watching back all my GoPro footage, uh, just see what I had see what kind of video I can put together. Um, and I was just like, man, like I really do love this race and I love that park and the people, uh, the people make it a really special race. Um, you know, the, and that comes from, it comes from all the volunteers comes from the race direction comes from, um, the people that are actually like, I don't know if they're called staff, but like the people that actually hold positions, uh, that do a ton of work for the race. Uh, it's just obvious that it's, it's run, uh, and organized by people that really, really, really care about your experience. And it's just, I love the race. And so I will be back if next year, if next year doesn't work out, um, I'll definitely go back and, um, run it 
probably a couple times, you know, because it's so close. That's the other thing. It's only like a two-hour drive from my house, so it's beautiful. Like, barely even know that you're in the car <laughs> compared to a lot of other races I've done. Um, what else we got? Um, <laughs> Paul Jeremy says, uh, morning from the UK. I'd love to give you a super chat, but I bought a 12 pack of Morton's. <laughs> so out of luck. Anyhow, I'm wondering, uh, if you're filming when you fell. <laughs> yeah, those Morton's will, uh, those will, uh, put a dent in your bank account for sure. Uh, no, I actually was not holding the camera when I fell, which is good and bad. Like, I'm glad, well, I'm sad that I didn't get it on, uh, recorded because that would have been great for the video but had i been holding a camera and fallen i would have forever believed that it was due to that and that i was like even if it was two percent of my concentration was on what i'm filming uh i would have been like ah like i shouldn't have been filming at that moment so you know positives negatives uh, it's, it's not on, it's not on video, unfortunately. Uh, Logan Zoltan says, Hey Ryan, sorry to hear, uh, but you got the right mindset. I took a hard fall on my ankle and DNF my trail half back in the spring live to run another day. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. It's like, it's so hard. This, this sport that we do is like, <laughs> There's so many variables in it. There's so much that can go wrong. Uh, you really, like, like now, I mean, nowadays I feel like, I feel like, like f so many people run 100 milers compared to a while ago, even like five or six years ago when I started this for myself. Like, I feel like so many more people run them now. Um, but it's like, uh, even just finishing is an amazing accomplishment, no matter the time, no matter anything. Like, the performance doesn't matter. Like, just finishing one of these things, so much has to go right. And, I mean, like, in 50 miles, I took 96,000 steps. Like, double that. Like, you're taking, like, close to probably, like, I mean, depending on your stride length, you know, you're talking probably, like, 150 to 250,000 steps. Uh, for all of those to go right, for none of them to go wrong, uh, for your nutrition to be on, you know, for your your taper to have been right, for like to be able to put in the amount of training, just everything. Like so much has to go right just to finish that it's it's amazing that anyone can even do it. Uh, and then like when you look at like some people that do these all the time, <laughs> like. John looking at you like, I just can't, I don't know. Like it's, it's incredible. Um, but yeah, so any finish is like an absolute celebration in my mind. Eva belt says much healing and energy from you from Placerville, California. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Uh, man, I would love to be back out there next year. We will see. <laughs> uh, even if I'm not running, like I would love to go back out there and just hang out. Um, talking about uh, Western States area, I think, right? I hope. I know it's like Placer High School, so I hope we're talking about the same place. Um, but, uh, yeah, I did. So the good thing about 2021 for me is that I did finish Cruel Jewel. It's a Western States and a Hard Rock qualifier, so I'll be able to qualify or I'll be able to enter into both of those. Um, lotteries, I, uh, you know, I don't like just since I didn't finish this race, it doesn't disqualify me from any of that. It wasn't going to be a hard rock qualifier anyway, is gonna, it is a Western States qualifier and it did have five, uh, UTMB points. Um, so like theoretically I could have applied for UTMB had I finished this race because of what I got at Cruel Jewel and would have possibly gotten that IT, but I wasn't going to apply for it anyway. So it's kind of like no big deal. Um, but, uh, yeah, let me know what other questions you guys have. Um, Matt's Midwest team says I did cryotherapy yesterday and it helped so much. Have you ever tried that? Right? No, I have not tried that. 
Um, I would love to, but isn't that like negative like 100 degrees or negative 200 degrees or something like that? <laughs> um, yeah, that looks scary. Justin Turnbow says 100 miles is an incredible accomplishment. And look, both AJW and Carl both DNF'd this year. That's pretty good company. Really? <laughs> I didn't know Carl DNF'd uh, this year. I didn't know AJ. I don't really follow him, his racing. Um, he's kind of, some of it's kind of under the radar, I feel. Like you have to like really get into his social media to f- see. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, Oh, one other thing that I did, I did put in my notes, uh, and this is for, this is just like something, this is a quote I'm going to remember, uh, for any of you guys that have watched, uh, Squid Game, uh, there is a quote and I'm not going to ruin anything, um, but, uh, there's a quote in it that says, good rain knows the best time to fall. And I'm going to remember that every time it starts raining when I'm running, uh, because I've, <laughs> unfortunately, two of my 100-mile DNFs came from either rain or mud or something like that, a fall that produced an injury where I could not continue. And so there is, like, there is a small piece of me that is, a, you know, like, is worried that I'm going to worry about that in the future. So I'm going to, like, do my best to not, do that. And so like this quote, like when I got back the first, I think I watched the last episode of squid game, like when I got back from the race and, uh, that quote was in it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm writing that down. I'm going to remember it. I'm going to say it every time it starts raining when I'm running good rain knows the best time to fall. So there you go. Leave you guys with that. A couple more questions, uh, comments here before we wrap it up. And, um, uh, Eric says, where's your mindset right now after you put in all that work, end up with a DNF? Yeah, it's like, it kind of like goes up and down. Uh, kind of like what I've been saying. Um, it's, there's definitely some times where I'm super like mad. Um, like I said, feel robbed, uh, feel just like, just, you know, just like, just mad. Um, there's definitely moments of sadness where I'm just like, Ugh, like I just, I just really like sense of loss, you know, like all that training leading up to it. Like I thought I was going to accomplish this thing and it didn't happen, but there's also a lot of peace right now because, um, whenever you're, I guess in the arena, um, and it doesn't go your way, like you are the only one that knows like that you did everything you could or didn't like, maybe you, maybe you did, maybe you didn't do everything you could, but when you do, like, you know, that you did everything that you could to, to finish or to win or whatever, you know, like, so I feel like I was in the arena, you know, I got hurt. I did everything. and I probably did more than I should have to loosen it up and to try and see if it would bounce back Uh, probably should have called it earlier, you know, running 35 miles on whatever happened to my knee, um, probably wasn't a good decision. Uh, but I believe it was more than enough to figure out if it was going to loosen up or not and just never did. Uh, so there is a lot of peace knowing that, that it's just like, I was there, I was in the arena, it didn't work out. I tried my best. Um, yeah. So moving on, like I'm really happy with the training that I did. Uh, I'm really happy. Like I actually really loved doing the higher mileage than typically for myself. And I think I'll go back to that next time I train for a hundred. And I'll do it in a little bit different way. Um, And um, possibly I'm also like debating. I'm also debating getting a coach Um, because like there's, there's definite benefits to having accountability and, um, just a different set of eyes on your training. Um, there's a lot of benefits to all that, but, um, yeah, I'm like, I'm really, really happy with how everything went leading up to the race, my execution on race day, 
uh, just got unlucky. Uh, oh, Carl DNF'd at Kettle Moraine. Uh, and AJW is his first DNF ever. Wow. Interesting. Uh, what else? We got a couple others. Um, this is one from earlier, but John True Love, throw you up there again. <laughs> we got video guys, priceless. Yeah, this can be my nickname now from John, probably. All right. Um, well, I think we're, yeah, we're at an hour. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining. Thank you, everyone that's watching the replay, and thank you to everyone that's listening to the podcast. Um, I'm going to try and get this video out quick. Uh, I'm going to try not to dwell on it too much because I'll probably just get more sad. I don't know. Uh, so I'm going to try and get this video out to you guys pretty soon and then keep you guys really updated on how my knee is uh, bouncing back, um, whether or not I'm going to be able to maybe jump into like a 50 miler or something like that later in the year. Because uh, it's only the beginning of October. Like we still have a lot of time left. There's still fall. I still have all this training that is kind of like, like, yeah, I tapered and all that and just like spent just did a 50 miler basically. Um, but I still have all this training that I could, you know, apply to a race in November or December or something. So I'll keep you guys updated on how that's going. And then what we plan to do next year, because next year I don't need a hard rock qualifier. So really like there's like so many options out there that I, I don't have to focus on, like a super hard race, uh, like Cruel Jewel or Grindstone or something like that, Run Rabbit Run, one of those that I've done before, or a new one. Like I can really, like we can pick anything for next year. So we'll see, uh, but I'll definitely keep you guys updated. Uh, let's, yeah, Justin, have a great evening. Uh, heal up, you got this. Thank you so much. Um, we're going to do our best. Like I'm going to do the work to heal up I'm gonna the resting is gonna be the hardest part because I like I said earlier I am like so hungry right now to go out and like like I said I wanted to drive back to Channel Lakes and just do it myself which obviously wouldn't have worked out um I wasn't under any illusion that I could but I just wanted to uh like that's where my head is right now. Like I'm still fired up. I'm still like, I still feel really fit. I still want to go. So if this knee can bounce back here in the next couple of days or so, and I can start running again, we'll put something on the calendar for November, December, and then move forward. But yeah, thank you all for joining. Thank you so much, uh, for supporting me along the way. Um, we are, in this together, the good and the bad, the fun times and the not fun times, the happy times and the sad times. Uh, so that's it for me tonight. Um, yeah, I'll see you next week. Thanks everyone for joining. Bye.